1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey everybody, welcome to the Power
1: Producers Podcast, where we're refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we have got a dynamic guest for you, Mr. Peter McDonald from Wonderright. I normally take a long time to vet insurtechs because many times I'm looking at them from the angle of an investor in addition to having them on the podcast, but I was so impressed with what these guys have put together in the need that it fills for the common man in the marketplace and the common woman as well, that I wanted to fast track this and get it out. So Peter, we're happy to have you on, man. Let's, let's uh, get re up to speed on who you are and where you came from. And then we're going to, we're going to talk wonder right for the next 45 minutes or so.
2: Yeah. I love it. Thanks for having me. Um, so who am I? Uh, I'm based here in Cape Cod, which is home, Massachusetts, uh, grew up, actually, uh, my dad had an independent insurance agency, so I you know, kind of grew up working there as a kid from time to time, um, bought a one-way ticket to Europe after university, traveled for six months out of a backpack, and guess what? Came home and worked at my family insurance agency. I was 24 as a millennial trying to get people to fire their 60-year-old golfing buddy to hire me, mm-hmm. and so very quickly had to uh, you know, learn the ropes of insurance. Um, through kind of the School of Hard Knocks, but also through some designation programs. So I earned some designations, you know, CIC, CPCU, CRM, um, sold personal commercial life and health, and ended up selling some of the biggest deals we had done at our insurance agency. So that's kind of a quick background on me. I think um, how I got to where I am now is when I was in high school, um, was hacking video games like Halo. My brother and I had hacked this, uh, had created a website called modhalo.net. You're now Kyle's it... best friend, by the way. <laughs> no,
3: you're my enemy if you're a hacker.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> just to be clear, we were really, really good at Halo. And so at what happens when you play too much video games and like it, it It almost like you're like, you're looking for more out of the platform. And so we were hacking it to improve it, to, to make stationary turrets when they didn't exist, you know, in Halo 1. And so... Um, <laughs> you know, we were modifying the maps. The website was modhalo.net. Focus was not cheating. It was on enhancing gameplay, um, was, was hacking AL, instant messenger to, again, enhance functionality. And so working at a family insurance agency, I'm just like, our tools are 10, 15, 20 years behind. And so knew that there needed to be an easier way to do my, my job in all aspects.
3: I need to back up to the video game stuff for a second because I'm not <laughs> ready. To, I'm not ready to move past that yet. Um, we can talk about Wonderwrite and all that stuff afterwards. Halo One was awesome. Uh, we used to do like system link parties where we would go, and I mean, you, you're yes. obviously familiar, but for listeners 100%. that don't, I mean, it was like the old days where you would have to, you know, stick the Ethernet cord in the back, and then you know, you you basically link the two systems together, and you could play you know, four on four, or you could do whatever, eight on eight, like in, and be in different rooms, but playing in the same game. And that was when I was in high school and it was the most amazing thing ever. Um, we, we stopped yeah. playing Halo, like around Halo three. Um, yep. After that, it, it kind of got a little bit, I, I, I switched over to call of duty, which is what I play now, but like the amount of freaking hackers and not like good hackers, like, like hackers that are cheating in the game is like almost unbearable. Like I, I, I rage every night because I run into them and they're like shooting me through walls that like they've got wall hacks and ain't, you, know, you know, aim bots aim and all bots this. And all yeah, that. it's it's so, so frustrating, but that that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't caught up on it like you. I think either, you know, the games became less interesting after Halo 3 or I got older. Actually, I stopped playing at some point because I was kind of dreaming in 32 bit color and realized this isn't healthy anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did can watch I, a YouTube video. Can I just stop video? for a
1: second? Because I've noticed something that I hope people who are watching on YouTube will pick up on. But I feel like if Kyle shaved his head and his beard, that he would
2: be Peter McDonald's twin.
1: I'm just throwing that out
2: there. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, that, it's a pretty killer beard. I would grow that if I could. <laughs> but, you know. Um, Thanks. So yeah, so yeah, played a lot of video games. I think, you know, watching videos recently, it, it's gotten to a new level um, with AI where they can like recognize people and it's... Yeah, it's kind of bonkers. I think the fun behind it from the software engineering side is the same tool set that you apply to video games is like, hey, could you apply that to like a PDF to make my life a little bit easier? If you can shoot people through walls in Call of Duty and have like AI to make like a head tracker, a headshot tracker, like couldn't you fill in a PDF form for me and make my (laughs) job a little bit easier? We're actually talking about lots and lots of revenue opportunity. And so that's kind of where that background transitioned to like there has to be an easier way to do my job as as a millennial insurance agent
1: cool so talk a little bit about the idea behind wonder right I mean you just set the table for it obviously but you know explaining what software does I'm sure you're gonna do a much more eloquent job of it than I possibly could I mean it's difficult to articulate over the phone I mean or, or over over audio. so take a stab at it tell people what it is what's what's the need that your product actually meets because I've had the the pleasure of doing albeit a very very fast and accelerated demo um, enough to realize that it's a game changer.
2: Yeah, so I think what is one right at the high level, it's like, it's the best experience to complete any insurance application, an accord, a supplemental, a questionnaire, a survey. Additionally, you can collaborate to complete vehicle schedules, driver schedules, property schedules, um, you know, things that traditionally have been sent back and forth in an email with an Excel attached. It's like all of this should happen in one, you know, workflow where everything kind of makes sense while we're pulling in third-party data and information to reduce the amount of questions you have to ask. It's surprising, but like an accord 125 has 550 fields on it. It's like 550 questions for 125 that we're supposed to fill in for every single customer. And it's just, it's crazy. So how can we streamline that process, reduce the amount of questions you have to ask and make the experience both for agents and for their customers a lot easier and faster?
1: I am willing to bet Kyle is probably the only person I know that's filled in all 550 fields on an Accord 125. He is Dude, so and I've been filling out
3: report. a ton of them lately, and it's driving me nuts. It's almost on autopilot, which is even more sad because I've filled out so many in the past like two to three weeks that it's just getting ridiculous.
2: That's awesome. It means you're selling deals, man. That's, no, it that's is. That's it,
3: it, it is. But just the like the act of actually filling out accords and specifically the 125 is just, it, it's so unnecessary in my opinion. But what do so I So how know?
2: are you doing it today? What tools are you using to fill these out and get them across the finish line? My
3: fingers and my keyboard.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was my experience, you know, 10 years ago. And I think that what's funny is when Dylan has his presentation, he pulled up, a life insurance application Mm -hmm. from World War II. And it literally (laughs) looks like it was filled out last week, except the handwriting back then was like way better. So you can actually read the application. But if you think about it, our tools in the insurance industry have literally hardly changed since World War II. Um, and and that's crazy if you look at any other industry like home construction if you look at like manufacturing they've gone through tremendous revolutions you think about you know manufacturing um, with workflow you take a, a piece of metal you cut it you drill it you polish it you send it to inspection you package it and you get it out the door that's like workflow and that workflow has changed tremendously since World War II. in the insurance industry it's hardly changed. We're still filling out forms. We're still doing it by hand. You know, imagine if you went to a machine shop and the way that they would get a piece from raw material to package out the door was emailing people. If you're emailing the guy who's cutting it and then you're emailing the guy that's polishing it and then you're emailing the inspection guy, hey, just CCing you in case you want to know that this thing's like ready for the next step. I think like, the wonder right, the idea is how can we take and create workflow that didn't really exist before for the insurance space. Take these Accord 125s, make them easier, more intuitive.
3: So, so tell us how you do that. For the people like me that are filling out 125s and 130s and all these other nonsensical Accords,
2: how, what, are, what are you doing specifically to fix that? So the first thing for me was it had to be, actually be easier. It turns out that You know, people love to make fun of the fax machine. They love to make fun of people doing paperwork with pen and paper. When I was selling insurance, I sold insurance using pen and paper because it was literally the fastest way to get it done. And so whenever we're talking about a replacement, in order for it to actually like have traction, it has to truly be easier. And I think this is one of the things like people love to beat up on agents for using outdated tools. Part of it is, you know, if you try and do an affiliable accord or supplemental, it actually takes more time. I found if I was sat down, sitting down in front of my customer, it would take me more time to fill it out than if I could just scribble it out on the form and then send it back to somebody at the office who could make it look- That's
3: free. fair, yeah.
2: And so the way that we do this is, we had to think about how can we make these, de- how can we put these forms online in a digitized fashion, where we're gonna pre-fill as much data as we can and make it work from any device. And so that's kind of the beginning. Put the forms online, digitize them, make them work on any device. The next part too, and this isn't always drove me crazy, I I could never figure out if I had an accord form in an agency management system, I would never know like where to fill in the data appropriately because it was like I could never find the field. With Wonder Write, we literally put the PDF and the web form side by side and you can work on either one of them. You can work on the accord or the supplemental. You can tab over and work in the web form. You can go back to the PDF. You know, sometimes we're going, we're going through this wave of digitization. Sometimes it's, it's hard to know how the questions kind of go from one side to the other. So we, take that process, make it a little bit easier, a little bit more straightforward.
3: So you identified this process and, and or I'm sorry, this problem and, and, and um, you know, kind of put together a, a plan to fix it. What's been the, the biggest surprise for you so far?
2: What's been the biggest surprise for me so far? So I think w- lately, one of the things that's been interesting and I think part of it comes from just, you know, I've been on computers since I was four or five. Um, and I just feel like I'm—they're just kind of intuitive to me. Um, we try to make the software really, really easy. I mean, it's like literally so easy. Our goal is you—you you shouldn't need a hundred-page instruction manual like a traditional software in the insurance space, where you have to go through all these steps and like learn the proper set of clicks. We want it to be like you log on and like it's literally intuitive. You just you click the button, you know what to do. Um, you know, we 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 track our users. We we see how they're using the software and it pains me to see videos sometimes, like people do still get confused sometimes. Like you can see them struggling to be like, where do I click next? And this is, you know, of course the very early times, like the first time they log in the software. Um, So it's been a little bit surprising to be like, you think you have something that's like drop dead easy and you're like, it could be easier. It could still be better. Like it it needs to be like one button, like the easy button. And so Mm -hmm. I think our North star is make the best possible software minimal possible, you know, minimal amount of onboarding, because the reality is agency owners get excited. They want to buy new software, but then the implementation historically we found have often fallen apart. How many times have you talked to an agency who's like, Hey, I went to this conference, I bought this new tool and they buy it. And then like, no one uses it. And a year goes by and like one person is using it. And then ultimately too, is like, if your customers are using the software, no one's walking your customers through the software. So I think one of the most surprising things recently is like, the this, this software has to be so easy. People have no patience. You know, we're compared to you go on Amazon, you click a button and you have a lawnmower delivered to your house tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to send a hundred dollars to your friend for dinner to split the bill. You click on Venmo, it takes two clicks and you've sent the money. Yeah. And so I think our patience as a society is just like totally gone.
3: <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, I I completely agree with that because I, I do both of those things on almost a daily basis, and it's like when it's when it becomes more complicated than that, you're just like, why? And that's just our like the millennial generation is is kind of what is contributing to that on a on a on a very large scale, and and that's you know like I I brought up yesterday on our podcast that that's the generation of people that are up next, you know, buying all the insurance, like that's that's who the market is. So you've got to figure out how to adapt and and get in front of them in ways that they are uh, ready to receive information and, 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 and operate. So.
2: Absolutely. I mean, think about the last time somebody sent you like an attachment in an email and they're like, Hey, Kyle, can you fill in this PDF? Or like your, your accountants like, Hey, can you fill out this tax questionnaire? Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'll get to that like, you know, later today. And then later today becomes tomorrow. Tomorrow you have a deal you're working on. A fire comes across your desk with a claim. And then all of a sudden it's like, it takes a week, you know, a week, you're a week later and the person's reaching back out. Hey, you never filled out that form. You're like, ah, crap. I got to download it. I got to go on the printer. Printer's out of ink. Printer doesn't work. Then I got to fill it out and scan it. It's just, it's it's just so complex. And you're like, with WunderWrite, you click a button it sends whatever parts of the form you want to send and nothing else to the customer. They click on it, they answer a few questions, yes, no, maybe, and then hit done. You're just trying to remove as much friction as possible, make people's lives easy so they can get on with their day.
3: Yep, I'm with you.
2: Cool,
1: so here's my question. I mean, you've been talking about the fillable piece with the the PDFs and how simple that is. And you know, one of the things I like about that when, that I saw in the demo was the fact that it operates in that side by side environment so that people who, cause I'm, I'm one of those guys, man, I'm going to be anal. I want to see what it looks like on the actual supplemental. So even though it's more user friendly and easy to do the fillable form, being able to watch it populate in real time just for whatever reason gives me a sense of peace and comfort that my application is filled out better than kyle would do it without a tool um but the other piece of what you have is Your all the tool. data points man and and talk i mean i i was multitasking and spaced for a minute but have you even talked about the different data points that you can pull
2: yeah. Hey, thanks for mentioning that. And and by the way, I think it's okay, Dave, to be uh, like, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of an insurance nerd, right? I'm kind of a geek. I'm kind of like that. Like I, I have. Oh, I'm Desi- a well
1: kept secret, man. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm the sales guru, but what they don't realize is I'll take them out at the knees on coverage any day of the week.
2: Yeah. And look, when and this is this is actually a point. It's a really important point. That's it's, it's like we shouldn't gloss over this when you're filling out an application. Like we want to make it easy, right? But if y- you can't make a material representation. Like you can't say something where it's like, "Hey, claim happens." They're going back to the application. Always. like if it's a million dollar claim, it's like they're not just going to pay it out. They're going to lawsuit. Let's get all the facts and figures. And if somebody just clicked the button the easy button and it was a little bit too easy, and they put the wrong data in, they're like, "Hey, who's who's liable for that?" You know, the customer's not going to say, "Oh, well, I put that in there." You know. So anyway, we we actually track that, but um. Yeah. So to your to your next point, in the data. Yeah, this is this is something that like I don't know. If you think back ten years ago, you had like autocomplete. You know, you go on Google and like Google knows what you, you're searching before you even finish typing. Um, if I'm typing like Power Producers Podcast, it's like it's already it's already filling it out and showing me the website. Mm-hmm. And if you're typing in an address, it's filling in the address and it knows like the businesses that are there. Why is it with insurance, like if I type my name, I still have to type my address, my email, my phone number, my national producer number, my insurance license, my social security, like, why do I have to type this stuff a million times? And so the, the idea is that whether you're talking about company info, your producer info, vehicle info, you know, property info, we should know, we should know all that stuff and like just make your life easy. So if you give me an address, you can get hundreds if not thousands of data points online instantly google zillow the assessors department like your, your team is already doing this by the way we've talked to thousands of agents every team is using tools like zillow to go look up you know square footage why couldn't we just automatically populate that for you and the answer is we can similarly with the vehicle if you give me the vehicle identification number i should be able to pull in like year make model Gross vehicle weight, I mean progressive has been doing this for a decade, right? Geico, they have they have tricks to make to, to reduce the number of questions to ask. And so with Wonderite, right, we wanted to give a little bit of those tricks to the independent agent as well, where they can say, all right, I can start pre-filling in data as well so that I'm not spinning my wheels to make a top of stack submission. Ideally with Wonderite, right, we want to help make every insurance application look like a top of stack submission without taking a ton of time from you, from your team and from your customers.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are attempting to do what you're doing in the marketplace, but their performance is marginal, in my opinion, based on what I saw, again, with a very quick demo run through, right? So you know, if I'm in, if I'm in your shoes, one of the things I'm hanging my hat on is the fact that it's not only that we set this up with a UI that's very simple to use, that's completely transparent. You can see everything happening, but we're also going to pre-populate that with as much information as we possibly can, which is a huge amount of efficiency because in Florida, I can't speak for any other part of the country. I mean, Kyle will back me up on this, I think anytime you're gonna write any piece of property in Florida, you have to go to between five and ten different websites just to get the oh. basics. That doesn't even count all the stuff that you can't get that you have to go to your client for. So yeah. you know, from my opinion from my perspective, you also look much more professional or like you're exhibiting some kind of witchcraft to your client because you're sending them something to complete that is already largely complete They're, you're you're just hitting them for those fill in the uh, cracks type of questions to get that thing to where mm-hmm. it, it's a full submission and basically everything else is just verification so that is that's a huge advantage you know if nothing else from an efficiency standpoint
2: Absolutely. And look, I couldn't agree more. But not just from an efficiency side. Let's talk about new sales because I think as independent agents, we're like this is great. But if you go to like the customer as an end customer, it's like, hey, the, the brokers of the world that are, that are out there, like th- there are new tools, the vouchers of the world. You go online and you click a few buttons and you get instant pricing in front of you. Like it's 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 coming to all aspects of, of business, and I feel like. Um, as an independent agent, I'm like, hey, what about us? Like, we're we're not going anywhere. We have great products. We have the best markets. We have like great knowledge on coverage. Um, But it's really just kind of like, what does our front end look like to the customer? So I think there's there's the efficiency part. There's also like, what are we doing to make our customers think that we're with it with the times? And we have like tools to kind of streamline that workflow. How can we make all of our carriers look like the vouchers and brokers of the world, which have that easy, seamless experience Let's take that same experience and bring it to all the carriers that we have so we can provide better experience and ultimately, you know, a a broader scope of coverages.
3: You brought up the property and going to a bunch of different places for information. And can I just say like the property appraiser websites, I don't, I I really don't get why they have to be so different for each county. It drives me insane, like insane. Some of them are easy to use and, and you type in like the first couple digits of the address and it pulls it right up, but then like, I don't remember if it's Hillsboro or which county. I think it is Hillsboro, but like, it's so complicated to pull up just a simple address. That what, it, it yeah, like, it dry, like that I get I get mad. I tell I'm telling you this. Like I get mad. I exit out and I do something else, and I have to like cool down before I can go back in Place and try to do it. like. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Exactly. I get on and and you know clap a few lobbies <laughs> and then and then I'm ready to go. But it's like Hillsboro. Get your property appraiser website shit together, bro.
1: Yeah. Well, right, I mean, I'm look, done. it's the nomenclature, right? It's the way that the information is set up. And the the search functionality is so restrictive that if you like put a period yeah. where there's not supposed to be a period or you mm-hmm. use S instead of spelling out south or whatever else, it'll act like the property yeah, yeah. never even existed, which really... If we knew it, we would be pulling by folio numbers because that's probably yeah. actually the most accurate way to get that exact piece of property. It is, but who has
3: that? Nobody has that.
1: Hey, what's your folio number, bro? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me your
3: folio. Yeah, I just wish that it was that there was some uniformity with that. You know, it, it, it's crazy that each each county is so different. It drives me nuts.
2: Yeah, and I think our perspective on that is, I think it's a great point you bring up because. It's like, yeah, you should just have someone, whether it's the counties get their stuff together, which you know, my prediction, not going to happen. Or you have somebody who's taking all that data and aggregating it, taking all of it, putting it in one place and making it uniform so it's the same to access so that we don't have to spin our wheels and waste our time doing that. In the same way, like, hey, shouldn't there be like a universal forms library that has every single insurance form that's digitized? It's an original quality copy that I can fill in and it's just easy. I mean, the amount of agents that I've talked to that are like, Yeah, we we like take an application from the carrier and then we make it fillable in Adobe Acrobat. And it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. so just to be clear, like you are having your team at whatever the cost per hour, like doing PDF conversions in Adobe Acrobat. Like is that the best and highest use of your time? Like offload that to someone like us who has engineers and contractors and people doing that full time so that you're not spinning your wheels and you can go out, win more deals and spend more time in front of your customers.
3: It's a fair point. What, uh, what so far, I'm curious, has been the most rewarding part of your journey with WanderRight?
2: You know, I think, and this is something that David kind of posted about the other day, um, but I think, you know, we, ha- having uh, graduated and basically spent all my money traveling out of a backpack on a shoestring budget, I met a guy in Italy on the coast and he was like, yeah, like they kicked me off the train. He was kind of, he kind of looked like you, Kyle. He's kind of like a, a beach bum guy. And he was like, they kicked me <laughs> off the train and I just kind of, I liked it here. And so I just decided I'm just going to like, I'm just going to stay here. This was in 2010. And uh, he was like, I'm just coding websites. And then like, it's whatever, it's, it's remote. And so that was kind of for me, the beginning of like, Wait, like, could I just like remote company sounds amazing. And so I wanted to build a remote company, you know, prior to COVID where you could have some of the best talent across the country and people could kind of live their best lives where they are. I think, you know, David had talked about, you know, including your kids in in your life. And so me working from home, like I rode my bike to school with my kindergartner today. It's like, hey, it's 10 minutes of my day. It's not a huge amount of time, but being able to work from home, work remote, allows you to have small things like that, that cumulatively make a huge impact on my life, my, my quality of life, my family experience. And I think enabled to me to really, you know, Give this company my all, where I can work late into the night and I can do some crazy hours, but also be there for my family. I think that's probably been probably the most part of the rewarding part of the journey. In fact, one of our company values we have four values at the company. One of them is balance, and we very much want to have a a balanced culture. Nice. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, actually, David. You know, I saw that video. You you you, you have a prolific amount of content. Like you're selling insurance. You got the protege. You got the podcast. You got work comp tools in the past and it's like I I almost feel like you should probably be producing tv shows on ESPN or something but um you know we're working on it (laughs) okay um you got kids throwing dirt in your face soaking white shirt (laughs) like what what's driving you what's the uh what's next I mean are we gonna be is Kyle gonna be throwing dirt in your face no he would enjoy (laughs) that far too much (laughs) far too much
3: dude I don't know man dude Ethan and Caroline were ripping some shots at you dude (laughs)
1: That's all right. Was there was like, some, I feel like me, there yeah. was,
3: yeah, there was a little anger behind some of those throws.
1: That that's perfectly fine. They, uh, <laughs> I actually, to be honest with you, I had to get them pumped up to make them mad enough to do it. Like I asked Caroline to do it, and Ethan didn't have a second thought. He reached down, picked up a handful, <laughs> threw it at me, and she started crying because she thought he was picking on me. I'm like, Uh, no, no, you're helping daddy. Daddy's working on the cover for his new book. I want to do the artwork myself, blah, 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 blah. So once I showed her at the very end, she's like, that's really neat, daddy. Thank you for letting me do that. But yeah, no, I mean, my motivation is I just, you know, I'm amped up at the fact that I feel like the insurance industry by and large is probably the best. Not probably. It is the best industry on the face of the earth for somebody who's a self-starter motivated and wants unlimited earning potential. But the problem is there's a gap in the support structure inside the industry. There's lack of training, there's a lack of understanding, there's a lack of conditioning, there's a lack of collaboration. And so I just enjoy creating content around making people aware of those things and then presenting solutions to those problems. And it's been a pretty good gig for me so far. You know, it's crazy, I actually mentioned this I was at Brainshare in San Antonio, Texas last week or the week before um, and or last week actually and I mentioned this I've had four prospects reach out to me for based on them consuming content that I created geared toward other agents and they, the in the, the, the line the essential line when they reached out to me has been consistent we see the way you teach other agents in the information that you share with them we want an agent that conducts themselves the way that you teach. What would it take for us to be able to engage with you or someone in your firm? That's awesome. Wasn't even throwing the content out for them. It's crazy that they would consume that, but it also Mm -hmm. sort of goes back to the general theory that if you, if you just consistently create content, people are consuming it and you never know where that next lead is going to come from, man. And there's as many people out there that are looking for somebody who's going to take a total cost of risk approach, you know, look at risk management, soft costs associated with claims, and do so with a professional and defined process that why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they reach out to me? So that just makes me want to double down more because those are exactly the people, you know, that, that really just narrowed down. Who I'm going after, anyhow? Those are exactly the accounts I want to represent
2: at that point. That's so fantastic. New,
1: new, new, um, uh, new level of motivation just based off of that, I guess.
2: So you're just out in out in Austin. So what are you seeing? Like what what's happening in the future from your perspective? Like what what gets you j- jazzed up about the insurance industry? You know, next one, three, five years. I embrace the hard market, right? Anybody can
1: write insurance in a soft market because it caters to the general perception that insurance is sold on a price-based play and not value. Mm -hmm. But the hard market really makes you dial in your value proposition and also the risk management offerings that you're gonna give to your clients when you bring them on. So it's even more important that we audit the experience mod to make sure it's correct. It's even more important that we enroll a client that's had uh, loss issues on their auto into a learning management system and make sure that their people are being trained on distracted and defensive driving. It's even more important that we have our clients put light duty and return to work programs in place. And it just goes on and on and on. And In the soft market, you have to talk about insurance because that's ultimately what's going to get the deals done in the hard market. If you can't talk a good risk management game and not just talk, but also deliver, you're not gonna win nearly as much as, as you would otherwise. And so the harder the market, the more it plays to our value prop because we're able to get things done with underwriters that other agencies aren't just because of the quality of the submission that we turn in. And that's in large part due to the resources that we have available for all of our clients. And we document that. And we memorialize it and then we put it and make it a material part of a submission when we turn it in. So that if that account that has auto issues gets presented to an underwriter whose initial response is nope, I want them to see it's from FRP. I want them to know Florida Risk turned this in and they're like, "Ah, I probably need to dig into this one a little deeper. And then they see the the, the risk management center that we built inside of KPA for our clients. They see that we have their employees enrolled in defensive driving and distracted driving. They see that we formalize driver selection criteria so that my clients know upfront when they're interviewing somebody and then they pull their um, driving record that it fits or it doesn't, and they're not wasting time getting too far down the road, only to have the insurance company say no, these people don't fit. And we include the training completion certificates for the team members, so that the the underwriter can see that we're not just saying that we're doing this. These people have gone through the training, they've been tested on it, they passed the test, and they've gotten a completion certificate because they passed at a satisfactory level. Those are things that are just a, a second nature to me, and part of every mm-hmm. submission that we turn in. But in a hard market, that's vital. That they're, so, they're, That's a non-negotiable.
2: So, so I love what you're talking about. And I definitely, you know, I've done some sales training, gone through some of this. I have a certified risk manager designation. How do you, in my recollection, doing this process, like this takes a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work to do it well. What, what tools are you using to kind of make that less work or more collaborative? So...
1: Truthfully, it depends on. We have a break depending on account revenue size. So we offer Mineral, which is used to be known as Think HR, is a learning management system, online um, handbook generation tool, um, OSHA compliance, all kinds of good HR beefy stuff. Not quite as robust on the risk management side yet, and I I stress yet because rumor has it their risk management center will be opening soon, which is great. 100% of our clients get that, and we even offer it to prospects. I want a prospect to go in and create an online handbook because I know that if I have them do that, there's a high likelihood they're going to stick, right? They're not going to be willing to leave mm-hmm. me if they go through that process. KPA is a little bit more you know, in-depth. It's for the Robust. larger middle market accounts, yeah. things that you know have more of a safety and health uh, bent to them, and we can create for those clients their very own risk management center. So they can go into that risk management center, have a learning management system, have some of the same um, resources or similar resources to what Mineral has on the HR side, but then we can take it to another a completely different level with you know, giving them a certificate monitoring tool, right? So now my clients can send a templatized letter out to their subcontractors with a link for that sub to link, upload their certificate, the OCR you know, pulls it out, puts it into whatever backend stuff they're doing to monitor. But my clients now know when certificates are getting ready to expire and they need to request a new one. And we can upload subcontractor agreements there for e-sign and all of that stuff. So now my clients are, are really limiting the amount of risk they have in a subcontractor relationship because we're giving them a tool for that. We have a remote job site evaluator. So if I've got a plumber that is installing water heaters and my client understand, you know, has, has published what that process looks like when my client's plumber gets to a job site, they're prompted to take a picture of, or pictures of what the condition is when they get there, upload that. We store that on the cloud. They have the checklist of the proper procedures and they initial and sign off that they've done each one of those things correctly. And they take pictures of that job site when they're done so that they can show that it's it's clean. Documentation, man. Yeah, everything's right. And we store that on the cloud for them because in the service contractor sector... You have companies like Service Titan, which are great CRMs, but they're really expensive for the smaller guys. And you know, not even the smaller guys. Unless you're a really, really big plumber, many of them aren't willing to make the investment in a CRM. It's honestly no different, in my opinion, than the insurance industry. They're just too cheap, and they don't realize it's actually an investment that's going to give them a return. So they don't want to spend the money. So it's a great wedge for us to be able to go in, offer these things that they would get in basic CRM functionality, as far as documenting job conditions and completion. And then if there's a GL claim, now we have a complete record that we can tender with the carrier as a defensible position in the result of a claim. Whereas before they just throw their hands up and be like, no, Johnny told me he did it right. We have that. That's Mm -hmm. part of doing business with us. That is not an additional charge.
2: I can tell your passion about this. I mean, you can, you can see, like I ask a question. It's like, you're going to buy from
1: me before this is (laughs) over,
2: man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Right. I can tell, I can see the passion and I think, yeah, if I'm buying insurance for a business, um, that's the kind of person I want to work with. Someone who's passionate, someone who's executing at a high level, and someone who's you know, definitely doing something um, for, for us that we feel really good about and feel like it's um, you know, helping our company achieve our key objectives.
1: Well, the truth of the matter is it's never about the insurance, right? The insurance is the end result, but the symptoms of the problem are far deeper than the placement of an insurance policy. And the issue that we have with our peer group is that all they're going to do is go out and attach their compensation to the placement of a product, whereas we're going out and attaching our compensation to solving a problem. So that's why many of our relationships are fee-based as opposed to taking commission, because I can net the commissions out of the deal and be completely agnostic on the carrier side. My client pays me directly. And most people look at that and they don't really understand it. Basically what I've done is I've said, a benchmark, right? Because we're visiting the six. So if I go visit an account that's $500,000 in premium, my commission on that might be 75,000. But if I set my fee at 60 and then put a gain share provision based on me reducing total cost of risk so I can actually bonus out at 85, I make more money when the client spends less. So everybody wins right. in that relationship. Whereas if you're taking commission and you've got a dog for a prospect and they their mod spirals out of control, the agent makes more money and their client performs poorly. Like, How's that equitable in any relationship at all? And more importantly, because we're visiting the sick and we're improving their risk profile and driving costs down, I've established a floor for my compensation. So if my if, if I'm at $60,000 on fee, but now that client's only paying $300,000 a year, they're not going to reduce my compensation because their premium's lower. They're going to actually keep it where it is because we've delivered those results that have saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Instead of just taking a commission and showing up once at the six month mark and once at renewal.
2: Yeah, I lo- mm-hmm. love it. Makes a lot of sense. I think um, definitely a great wedge to the market. I think, you know, from, from my perspective, um, you know, my experience being an agent, having gone through risk management, these things were all important. And I just felt like the tools that I had to do these processes, it just they just weren't where they needed to be. It was like, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of time. I mean, it's a lot of time. And I think there's probably a reason a lot of agents aren't doing this is because, yeah, it, it's a lot of time to do it well. But you know what?
1: It's smoke and mirrors. It's the perception. So here's this is what I've started to explain when I get up and I talk in front of people. There's a big difference between functional risk management and tactical risk management. I'm a functional risk management guy as a producer. I understand the very basic level of things to take that conversation to the next level. So, when I'm wrapping up a meeting, I'm going to ask, you mind if we go tour the production floor? I'm going to look for the three to yep. five things that I look for every single time yep. because it's low hanging fruit and things that I'm able to see. Kyle 100%. could probably rattle off my top five cords without any problem.
3: Cords, drill guards, stuff bolted to the floor, electrical uh, dust. Electrical
1: box, dust. There, yeah, electrical fire extinguisher has been inspected? Is the emergency exit blocked? Is the alert emergency exit illuminated?
3: You yeah. need to have means of egress. Of I can't
2: things. tell you the number of times I did this as an agent where I would tour facility. I would literally just go back to the owner and be like, I went through the checklist you're just describing and be like, these things were all like incorrect. Talk about low hanging fruit. I mean, right, one hundred percent. Right,
1: but there's no there's no and, excuse for any producer in the entire country to not be able to do that. If you can't memorize ten things yeah, and exactly. look for them every time you go, and here's here's the differentiator. The fact that I even asked to go tour the facility, do you realize that probably Mm -hmm. ninety percent of the people we compete against never even ask to go tour it? They're blindly writing insurance for something they've never touched and felt. I would never do that. I want to see what it looks like when I go out there. But anybody can do that. The tactic And all
3: of those things that you mentioned, sorry, are are all like super easy fixes nine times out of ten. Like we're not gonna run into anything typically out in a in a shop that we're walking around that's like a you know, that that's an extremely expensive or extensive thing to fix. You know? I mean, so go go into the tactical yeah, so aspect. So when you go into it. the
1: tactical piece of it, this is what happens on the back end. So I think that, you know, it does take a lot of time, but if you have your business model set up the right way, which we do, you know, you're gonna outsource a good bit of that. I have no business going in and doing an ergonomic study on a manufacturing facility. That's not my skill set. But I know the guy or the lady who's really, really good at that, and it's worth my money to bring that person in to do that portion of it.
3: So when what when about you, the thermal, uh, what,
1: is dude, thermal, hey, thermal l- what is
2: it? Thermal, infrared thermal <laughs> scanning. Infrared scanning. I just did one last week. So Literally. hey, Dave, did wait, wait, really? Dave, where's your stand up desk? Where's your, uh, where's your? Where's your? Where's your? What's it called? Um, si- he's at the yeah, it. I'm sitting. He's at it. Is sitting? treadmill. You got a treadmill at your desk? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it? I've got. I've got the.
1: Uh,
3: uh, what riser?
2: What the
1: heck's that stupid thing called? I don't know.
3: It, it raises up and down. Yeah,
1: like it does you, go up and down. Now, but but, I forgot the name yeah. of it. Um, um, anyhow,
2: I remember going but, through the, the risk management course, and it was like, I mean, the key was it cumulative trauma disorder? Like, hey, I'm I'm using a mouse every day all day, and like over time, I, your elbow gets screwed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean hmm. those in those occupational disease type claims are the worst because sometimes they don't manifest themselves until years after somebody left. But I, I want to go back to something: if your business model is set up the right way, the administration of the tactical risk management is a breeze because it's literally outsourcing. So the the average producer, when you write small business most of the time they just write it, they walk away from it and everybody internally services it going forward. That's not how it should work in the middle market. In the middle market, once you close that deal, you become the quarterback of the account. You're still going to have all of the players involved. You're going to have claims from the carrier. You're going to have agency service, third-party loss control, carrier loss control. And you, you're you like an air traffic controller landing all these people at different times, but you're making sure that it gets done. And the most important part about that is having the formal process to identify what everybody's going to do, which we have. That's part of our secret sauce Florida Florida risk. So for me, it's not like it's a ton of actual work. It's showing up and being present when the real rock stars show up to do their job. And I get credit because I'm the one who connected them. So like yesterday, I got up at seven o'clock in the morning, drove over to Orlando because I wanted to be physically present at an on-site visit for loss control with one of my accounts. What's the differentiator? I got up at seven o'clock and went to a loss control visit. How many of my peers would have hit the snooze button, never gotten up, never went and would have just waited to hear what the carrier said, but take it a step further. Yeah. right? Before I did that two weeks ago, I went over and made sure that I had done a full walkthrough on the property. So I knew what I was walking into with the carrier person before I ever got them over there. So I had the opportunity. You know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but my gosh, if you're getting paid 50, 60, $70,000 in commission on an account, how much time is it really taking? I mean, I'm basically working for like- But it doesn't 15- take any skill. No, it's like 1500 like to $2,000 an hour is what I'm making on most of my accounts.
3: And, and, and that's not to say you're not skilled. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that anybody can do what you just described. Right. Anybody can wake up and go to a loss control visit and be there for their client and do one themselves before so that they know what these other people may, you know, run into or find when, you know, when, the, when they come out from the carrier.
1: Right. But, that, but, but the problem is you got the mealy mouth main street agent out there. I
2: just got, I don't know guys sh- showing up on time. That is actually a pretty big <laughs> skill these days. I feel like it, it's crazy,
1: <laughs> but you, you have the average main street agency out there complaining about people taking business from them on agent, a record letter, because it's actually, they act like it's a, a dirty practice. But meanwhile, I'm the one going and fixing their clients problems while they're laying there, just griping about the fact they lost the business. they I'm, I'm fixing things. They never took the time to identify.
2: I love it. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, identification, 100%, This the most important part of risk management is identifying. And I think, you know, with Right, you know, the, the processes you're talking about, you know, to Kyle's point, it's not super hard. Like you have to kind of build a muscle memory of doing it. You have to have the stamina and the discipline. I felt like I wanted tools to kind of structure and streamline that, starting with identification, starting with, hey, we got to fill out the Chubb Techie, you know, 20 page application not a fun experience for anybody. You know, it's, yeah, you could show show up on time, but as soon as you open up that app, your customer's eyes are just rolling in the back of their head. And it's like, how can we make the identification part when we got to fill up these apps? How can we make that easier and less painful? So I I love the process you're talking about. I feel like if there's agents out there that are new to the business, they need to listen to this podcast because this is going to make them money. Um, They're going to win deals listening to this, follow that advice. And um, I love the passion. Sweet. What have we missed? What have we missed? Um, I think we've covered it all. We've, we've talked about Wonder. I talked about my background. We talked about video games. Talked about Dave's shirt. I, I mean, I still I don't know where that photo is. I saw it on LinkedIn of like the dirty white T shirt. I'm looking forward to a fantastic. Oh, did cover you not see you.
1: the? Did you not see the cover shot?
2: I saw the cover shot. I don't know. You know, social media disappears after like two seconds. So I haven't been able to find (laughs) it again. But yeah, um, yeah, I think we've covered it all. We've talked about identification. We talked about this big risk you're writing in Orlando. You got up at 7 a.m. to drive out there. Love that. Those are my favorite times, by the way, in insurance was like going out, seeing how business gets done. I think we've covered it all today, dude. Sweet.
1: Well, the one thing we haven't covered is how they can get a hold of you. And I mean, listen, people, I'm going to go ahead and warn you right now that if you reach out to Dylan Reed, that guy is going to be a dog on a bone. So...
2: Just proceed with caution, but in a good way. In a a good way, pleasantly persistent. Um, Yeah. Listen, if if you had the cure for cancer, wouldn't you go out and call everybody and try and get it out there? Look, I, you know what?
1: Game game respects game, dude. I have no problems Mm -hmm. with Dylan Reed. I'm just telling people. Don't stick your toe in the water. If you're not, if you're just like, oh, I kind of like to see a demo. Don't don't waste Dylan's time. If you want to see a demo, you're going to get a demo and you're going to get followed up on. This is something I think every single agency should have for a variety of reasons. I feel like your platform is mo- more robust than your competition, and I also feel like your price point is more aggressive than your competition by a long shot. So there's no no downside to using your product that I can tell. So. Tell them how to find you, man. I let Open the floodgates and let it yeah. rain. Yeah.
2: Listen, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think, look, we're, we're just getting started. Our mission is we want to build the best software for independent agencies. I'm extremely loyal to the industry. My dad has his agency. I've been in the business. I've lobbied in D.C. with a big eye five years in a row. And I just want to have the best tools out there because I felt like there was an opportunity when I was running an agency. How can you contact us? Check out wonderite.com, W-U-N-D-E-R-I-T-E. It's a combination of wonder and underwrite. And um, we did buy the phone number 888 wonderite, So that's kind of a cool little thing. So if you're one of those guys that still likes to get your, your windshield time, you're driving out to Orlando 7 in the morning and you want to make a phone call because mm-hmm. you don't have time to just sit around when you're at the desk, feel free to shoot us a call at Eight 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 wonder right, and maybe Dylan will pick it up, and uh, we'll have, we'll get a conversation going. There you go. Well, cool. this has been awesome, Dave. Thanks for chatting, and Kyle. Pleasure to meet, and you know, maybe one day I'll see Likewise. you out there on the Call of Duty servers. I feel there we go.
1: Yeah, I feel like you also could have lumped in Wonder Wonderkind into the name somehow because you certainly are thinking about things from a completely different level but I try not to use Wonderkind very often after I saw Ryan from the office use it about himself in third person mm-hmm.
2: so we use Wonderkind we use Wonderkind or Wonderwriters about our top you know our top users and we do have people that we have people on the Wonderwrite they're filling out apps we've seen 15 page applications get completed to 100% by the customer like the customer logs in on average within 60 minutes of getting an invite i mean this is way faster than you typically going to see these applications getting completed and so there's definitely wonderkins and wonder writers that are out there love the word
1: cool well listen i appreciate you taking time out of your day i know you're busy I'm um, just really thankful that we our paths have crossed. Look forward to bringing your product inside of our agency and hopefully helping a bunch of other agents out there that were not familiar with you that will be now. I'm not going to name your competition because that's not how I roll, but they can put two and two together and figure it out. Yeah. hope everybody has a great day, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.
0: You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast.